0: Welcome to Quilting Business Success, the podcast where we interview quilters just like you who have turned their passion for quilting into a profitable long-arm quilting business. I'm your host, Andrew Weaver, and in each episode we'll bring you stories of quilters who have the same doubts and fears that every quilter has when they think about pursuing their quilting dreams. But these quilters moved forward anyway, despite their fears, and today you'll hear their stories. I'm going to go ahead and do a little bit of introduction around. Um, um, I'm Andrew Weaver, and um, I've hosted these before, and I enjoy doing it, and uh, been in lots of people's homes and gotten the joy of listening to them tell me their stories. And so it's really cool now that I get to do it in this format where we can actually record the story and share it with other people to help inspire them. Um, Bobby, do you want to say who you are, my co-host?
1: Yeah, my name's Bobby Ware. Um, I work in the tech support department here at GAML. So uh, I talk to a lot of people who might need some tweaking or something adjusted on their machine. And so I've gotten to know a lot of the quilters over the few years that I've been here as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Let's go to Lisa Kay. Uh, Lisa, you're your name and what town you are in
2: hi i'm lisa k wilson i'm in troy illinois which is a suburb of st louis missouri
0: on the other side of the river right
2: that's right okay
0: (laughs) i'm still learning missouri and illinois geography so yeah you're the northerner yeah i am originally from washington state but i love it here the people are great uh Calvin in Brooklyn, where are you guys?
3: We're from Emmett, Idaho.
0: Emmett, Idaho. Oh. Yep. Well, that's why you asked me about who I knew.
3: <laughs> yes,
0: uh I have been uh rafting down the river in your town and it tried to kill me. Uh cuz <laughs> I tipped over my <laughs> tipped over my boat, but I survived <laughs> to tell the story. So well, we've given a little bit of time for people to come in, so I I just have to kind of flip a coin to a certain degree about who I'm going to start with, and I will do about a half hour with Calvin and Brooklyn, and then we'll do we'll do another half hour then with Lisa, and um, there's a there'll be some questions that come up throughout that the people who are here at the webinar. Um, I'm not sure if the button that you see on the on the attendee side is chat or QA. I'm not sure. Um, because on my side I see both. But when you when you ask a question, um, I should be able to see it. And I may not be able to ask all the questions, but I will pick ones that look good and we'll um we'll ask and hopefully we'll pull out a lot of really good information. So let's just get started right away um with Calvin and Brooklyn. Um how long have you been long arm quilting
3: um as a business or personally
0: how about both yeah both
3: so we've been running our quilting our long arm quilting business for about three and a half years and we I have been quilting on a gamble well on my friend's gamble since I was 12 so 13 years
0: you started early I've seen others start early.
3: (laughs) Yes, I'm glad I did.
0: Yeah. Um, What made you decide to long arm as a business?
3: Well, we had the opportunity and I knew that there were a lot of people who have a lot of quilts and it was a good opportunity for us to um, be able to work together, work side by side as a couple and to do something that I love.
4: And our goal long-term was to have like a, um, a full-fledged quilt store. And I think quilting is a great way to sort of catapult into that industry.
0: So we have a train going by. Sorry, I muted it to, to try to stop the train. I was going to ask that the long arm that you have, uh,
1: that you work with right now, did, did you get this specifically for? business or was it you had this prior to and then
0: decided to do the business with it
4: no we got it for our business
0: Mm -hmm. so and you and you obviously run the business together yes Mm -hmm. um you mentioned a quilt shop and some of that other stuff so is is the long arm machine part of a bigger operation
4: yeah, so we right now we're all online um, as far as our quilt store goes. Um, so yeah, it's one of the services we offer is the long arm quilting services that we do there. Um, but then also it makes our products look really good when they're custom quilted and you know look great when the quilting looks good. It helps us be able to sell our quilt patterns and kits and stuff like that. So it all ties together and really well.
0: Gotcha. So when it was time to buy the machine and buy, and obviously this is the most expensive part of starting your business is to buy a machine. Why did you decide to buy the Gamble?
3: Oh, it had to be Gamble. I mean, I, so I mentioned that I started quilting when I was 12. I have a friend who's only about 80 years older than me and she, she's had a Gamble and for some reason she trusted me with it. And so I learned how to do free motion quilting on hers. I had seen the Statler. I'd seen how it works computerized. And I knew that I wanted the quality of a Gammel. I wanted the consistency, like reliability. She's had her machine for I don't know how long and it's never needed to be replaced. So we wanted to make an investment that was going to last us a long time.
1: Mm -hmm. So do you primarily uh, do hand guided or you primarily mostly do the Statler?
3: Mostly the Statler. We mostly run it, the edge-to-edge
0: computerized patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, so the since you've only had that machine a couple years, it's the same one that you originally bought? Have you done any upgrades to it since you got it? We have not. Mm-hmm. We might have to talk about that later. You might have <laughs> before the Statler Ascend upgrade. <laughs> so, all right. Um, how did you know that there was going to be enough long arm business available in your town to support another long arm quilter?
4: Um, we guessed.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, we, knew. uh... (laughs) well, we knew that there were other quilters in our town and we're in a little town in Idaho, but, um, I knew that they had a backlog. I knew that they had people waiting on quilts. And we wanted to also reach the mail-in quilting market. So we knew that if there was too many quilters in our town, then at least there would be other towns that needed more. So we kind of focused on the mail-in quilting.
1: When you, uh, when you originally purchased the machine, um, uh, how, how, did, how did you come up with the funds to do it? Was it, did, was it financed
4: or how did that go? Um, yeah, we looked at a couple of options there, but um, we decided to use our savings to you know, we save to start a business and use that.
0: That's a very rare thing for people to do,
2: yeah, to save. <laughs> I mean, scary. that's that's anti American <laughs> savings, yeah, yeah that's anti American. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Congratulations, that's a good way to do it, yeah. Um, did you have another job too, when you started your, your business, did you, was this like a transitioning thing where you kind of started off with your day job and your night job?
4: Um, sort of, we (laughs) got, I mean, three and a half years ago we were in COVID. Um, and so we sort of got lucky in that aspect of, uh, we started, I was still working, um, in ag finance, corporate finance. Um, And we took the chance and we started our company and pretty quickly it took off. Um, In fact, our COVID year was still one of our best years. And I quit my job shortly after that um, because it was looking pretty sketchy during COVID there. And decided to run full scale with this. So,
1: so uh, had COVID already started when you began or did it start after you started?
3: So the timeline it goes, he was working in, in ag finance. And then we, when we got married, it was right before COVID and we decided that we wanted to start a business together and it was in the sewing industry we weren't making masks, but we had supplies to make masks and we sold the supplies. And that's how we were able to come up with the savings to purchase our gamel, which is more of our long-term thing. You know, we we knew that masks wouldn't last forever. So that's when we bought our yeah. machine a few months later.
4: We yeah, we purchased gammels about six months after starting our business. Mm-hmm.
1: So you were newlyweds when you started this.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah!
1: Wow!
3: Every newlyweds dream to get a long arm quilting machine, right?
0: <laughs> um, how many hours per week do you spend working in your business?
3: Um, All of them. Yeah, a lot, <laughs> a lot of hours.
4: Mm-hmm. We, yeah, we spend a lot of time, but we recently um hired an employee to help us specifically with the quilting um, and to run the machine for us.
0: Mm -hmm. So you're not quite as much a slave to the business.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And it's been fun. I mean, even with like, she's never ran a long arm before, but she's wanted to. And so having the Statler and having those patterns, it's been awesome to be able to just show her how it works and then she can make these like beautiful quilts and she doesn't have very much experience.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: It's awesome to see how well that transitions for other people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can just train someone else. So you say you primarily do edge to edge. And uh, so what What would you, what do you, do you charge by the hour or do you charge by the square inch? How does How does that part work?
3: We charge by the square inch.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what's the rate in your area?
3: Um, the rate in our area, I think, is about two and a half cents an inch.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: When we do local, that's what we charge. Um, mail-in quilting, we charge three cents an inch.
4: Mm-hmm. And that's to cover because we cover the shipping costs mm-hmm. um, on that as well. So that's sort of where the difference comes in. Mm-hmm.
1: What would you say the ratio is? Uh, uh mail-in and local.
3: Um, we have a few steady local customers. My local customers are the people who I actually do most of the custom quilting for. So they'll bring me an edge to edge quilt and then they want a custom one done. Um, I would say probably 90% mail-in mm-hmm. and then our 10% local would be the the custom and the different things that they
0: want. Mm-hmm. So um, would you share what your... Um what your revenue was on your worst year although you said covid your first year should have been your worst year but maybe not
2: um
4: i don't know the breakdown of just the quilting um i think we did about 15 grand in quilting services Mm -hmm. uh
3: in our first year
4: in our first year mm-hmm.
3: and and yeah. now it would be harder to kind of I we could go look in it but it'd be harder to kind of differentiate because we run other quilting things through our same business
4: yeah mm-hmm. so it's just a little bit hard to, to come up with exactly because somebody might be a, buy a quilt kit and then they'll also buy quilting services
2: mm-hmm. to go with
4: that, um when they're done so mm-hmm. that's um It's, it's it's pretty
0: common for small businesses to not have really good reporting on their numbers. And, Mm -hmm. you know, people, people ask about, well, here at Gammill, people will uh, be wondering why we don't know what the serial number is of their machine that was bought 25 years ago. And we're like, man, it was handwritten somewhere, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's before computers, you know, so that's pretty common. So you you say
1: uh, quilting is like uh, a piece of your business Uh, would like how big of a piece is that? And what what other things uh, do you do like sell batting fabrics, things like that?
3: So a lot of what we do is we've kind of expanded into um, writing quilt patterns and creating kits. So we're kind of known for our pre-cut quilt kits and then um, when we write the patterns we sell them wholesale and retail and we do the long-arm quilting we sell a couple like manufacturer pre-cuts and we sell a little bit of fabric but it's mostly in the patterns that is like that's what kind of makes us unique
4: yeah Yeah. so our quilting is probably only 10 percent of our business now now um but it has like everything to do with the rest of our business if that makes sense so Uh
3: uh couldn't have gotten here without without the quilting
4: yeah if you want to learn how to become a really good quilter and learn a lot about quilting start quilting for other people and you learn a lot about piecing and what's trending in fabrics and patterns and everything else. Cause you're seeing them come across, you know, and your machine daily. And so it's a cool, I don't know. It, it's a small portion of our business, but it gives us a lot of inspiration and also help in the other areas of our business as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Small part yet integral part.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely necessary.
0: So what was the hardest part of growing your business?
3: I think for me, it's just like sticking with it. Like, I don't know, sometimes you just don't want to, but um, we, we've stuck with it this far and it's been really fun to see the growth and like to have return customers. We actually went to the Road to California quilt show in January and one of our customers who sent us a ton of quilts came specifically there to meet us and to like say hi and show us her next new quilt it's so fun to get to see those people. So working through like those hard times makes that like, that makes it worth it.
4: Yeah. One of the cool things about, um, that lady that we met in California is we got the, she's probably one of the best quilters that we have. I mean, just the best tops and everything. And when we met her in person, we found out that she is, um, practically blind. So she can't has a hard time seeing anything yet. Her piecing work is amazing. And so that was another cool thing. And she didn't tell us that before we met her in person and stuff. So that was cool.
3: Yeah,
4: You
0: meet some of the most inspirational people. I was about to say that exact thing.
1: And you meet yeah. people from all walks of life in this business.
3: Yeah. It's so cool. And even like their quilts that they bring in are just so different like this is like oh we made this really quick for a baby shower or this is my great grandma's wedding dress fabric like let's quilt it and make it into something i just think that's so fun to see like every time we open a box with a new quilt it's it's exciting mm-hmm.
1: one question that we uh usually ask people on this show is um uh, who is your your biggest uh, cheerleader or or support uh, system with you guys, I don't know if it's a different, a little different story since you've got each other. Um, tell us a little bit about that.
3: Well, you heard him explaining piecing and all of that kind of thing. Impressive, I yes. I know about quilting very much. Um, mm-hmm. Calvin's actually been awesome at, you know, I told him that I wanted to do a quilt store. And he said yes, and we went for it. And he spends just as much time on it as I do um so he's been awesome for me yeah (laughs) your dream of quilting how's it going
1: (laughs) what about you calvin is it what let's hear your real feelings on this
4: (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know she yeah i guess hers she's the uh the inspiration here and uh you know it's fun to see her dreams take off and um yeah, I think we work well together. She has big dreams and a lot of skills and um
3: he has a lot of I, organizational skills to clean up after me when I'm going too yeah. fast on stuff. And
4: yeah, so I think we, we it goes well together. So
1: that's great. Y'all complement
0: each other, you can tell. Mm-hmm. So, so I I like this question. Uh what kind of impact? has the quilting money and the control of your personal schedule made in your life? Of course, your life kind of completely changed three years ago when you got hitched, but (laughs) what kind of impact has the money made?
3: Well, driving your own income is really liberating. And we make a joke, like you can work any 80 hours of the week you want. Right. But um, you being self-employed and having the opportunity to make your own decision. We travel quite a bit, and a lot of the traveling we do is to go to quilt shows, but we love it, and um, well, at least I love it. I think he loves the traveling part, <laughs> but it's awesome to be able to, like, have your own flexibility, and we have a two-year-old and one on the way, and it's really good to know that, like, we don't have to worry about only one of us working. It's just, is a balance of who's holding the baby at the time, and that kind of thing.
4: Yeah, we had to, I don't remember what we were doing a few weeks ago, but we left um, our son with his grandparents and he had a little meltdown when we had to leave. And it was one of those moments I turned to her and said, Hey, you know, isn't it great that we don't have to drop him off at daycare every day? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just a, I don't know, I think a huge blessing of running our own business is that opportunity now it's not easy I mean (laughs) you know
3: we have to put a a baby gate around the quilting machine but
4: yeah Yeah. so I mean it's still a challenge but the challenges come with some great blessings too
1: that's awesome to hear um I've got a question um what is something that you you wish that someone would have told you when you first started out this on this journey
4: don't um I don't don't know how to say this but like (laughs) don't take your time for granted don't give it away it took us probably two years and we're still learning that but like as soon as people hear you have a quilting machine they're going to ask you to piece like it's the same thing but it's not the same thing and we tried to accommodate that and it decide what you are or you aren't. Like if you're gonna piece, you know, go ahead and piece and make quilts for people. If you want to make a long arm quilting business, don't piece quilts. Like let somebody else do that who um can do it and hasn't maybe invested as much money in equipment and everything else to do those for you and just just quilt or decide if that's what you want to do. But yeah, that's we tried. Yeah. And was, it wasn't bad,
3: okay. but we could see a lot more growth when we focused on where focused on our strengths.
0: Mm-hmm. We had somebody ask a question over the Q and A, which was, um, "How did you grow the mail in business?"
3: That's you.
4: It's actually <laughs> sort of interesting because so we did build a website, um, and it comes with a lot of challenges, and um, it's pretty expensive. But honestly, a lot of it still came back to word of mouth. So like we'd get one customer maybe from a Google ad and then pretty soon her like four friends are sending in their quilts. Or this last week we had um, a lady from
3: Texas.
4: S- Texas and her friend from Switzerland that had made a quilt and she said, hey, bring your quilt with you. We're going to go to Idaho. Um, they were going to Yellowstone anyways and bring your quilt with you and they dropped it off on their way through and wanted us to quilt it for her friend from Switzerland. So it all comes back to word of mouth. I feel like even on in mail-in.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm imagining so many of the quilters that I've met. So the the box arrives with the freshly quilted quilt and mm-hmm. she pulls it out and she unfolds it and she ooze and aahs over it. She shows it to her friends who live in the same town where maybe there's, you know, two or three ladies working there and it's kind of stale or whatever. Uh, or maybe nobody has a computerized machine and they're just running pantographs. And so she shows her friends how great this quilt is. And oh, and by the way, I didn't have to pay anything for shipping. And uh, I can see how her four friends would, oh, well, we'll send them a top two. So I can see that it's very re- reasonable. On your mailing, uh, I'm sorry, on your on your
1: mailing, what would you say the ratio is between uh, word of mouth and some advertising that you've done?
4: I don't know we, i it's hard to say that, but we I can pull up in my computer program, I can pull up my map, geographical map, and I get hot spots. So like, and it's weird because not necessarily the place we've gone to quilt shows and stuff like Pennsylvania. We've never been to Pennsylvania yet we get a lot of customers from Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's that same way or like you can zoom in and see like, Oh, I've got like six customers in this town. So um, I don't know. It's sort of hard to say exactly, but that's sort of what we see a lot of is clusters, which Mm -hmm. there's a lot of them are sharing with their friends.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Christine wrote a question and asked, do you use a website? slash store service like shopify uh or did you build your own site and own url
3: um kind of both we use squarespace as the host but we've done a lot of work to make it our own website Mm -hmm. so it's not like on another marketplace or anything it's it's
0: ours Mm -hmm. okay thank you um so Three years ago, you got your gamble and you started. What advice would you give to somebody who wants to kind of emulate your success? And do you believe that, yeah, I mean, we're out of COVID now, but do you think if somebody was to do something like that today, that they could do it?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think having the long arm is, it's just an industry that's growing and growing. Um, Being able to jump in and do the quilting takes a lot of stress off of people who are trying to just learn how to make quilt tops and I think doing it with the statler especially is your skills are already like so advanced or what people perceive as your skills because you're able to do these intricate designs without a ton of training and they look awesome
4: and the other thing too is it's like quilting crosses generations too like we're probably some of the younger people you've talked to I'd guess um but we have a lot of customers across every age group um, but we also connect well with younger quilters and it was funny because we were just talking on Sunday with some of my family and none of my like or I should say on on my dad's side none of my aunt's quilt or so but my grandma did and all of my cousins do Mm -hmm. that are my age that are not the guys I think I'm I'm the only (laughs) one there (laughs) but they it's so they're like you know 20s 30s they're quilting Um, and I think that's often overlooked portion of the market because we read the quilting surveys and say that the average quilter is you know 65 years old and and while that is a huge part of the market and I'm sure they're the ones teaching all of the younger quilters there's also a lot of younger up-and-coming quilters out there too that Mm -hmm. you know need younger people in the market to um, I don't know be an inspiration and stuff to that age group
1: mm-hmm. and you guys can be an inspiration to that group also
3: <laughs> well we hope so but...
0: <laughs> yeah just pick which 80 hours of the week you want to work yeah <laughs> working never hurt anybody though
3: no it's good we we like what we do
0: Yeah. So, um, thank you to the, the audience for the questions and perhaps more will come in. Um, we'll shift our focus, uh, now and we'll start grilling Lisa. Um, you've got a good idea where we're going with these questions, but, um, but please, uh, Calvin and Brooklyn stay on because, you know, we may ask you for some, uh, color commentary. So, um, so Lisa, how long have you been long arm quilting?
2: I just got my long arm in June of 2021, and that was my first long arm. I've been quilting, sewing, making tops since I was 11. Uh, My parents bought me my first sewing machine for my 11th birthday, and um, I learned how to hand quilt at an even younger age than that with my mom's guild during the summers, so she always went on wednesdays to a hand quilting group and um during the day and in the summer i went with her so for three months out of the year on wednesdays i hand quilted
0: (laughs) i think a lot of the guilds meet on wednesdays
2: so in my more recent years of quilting Mm -hmm. i i got a little bit um frustrated with trying to hand quilt things and I tried a few different things like using big stitch hand quilting, try to go faster and I ended up taking some of my quilts to a long armor and I didn't really like having someone else do it and sometimes if I wanted something more custom that wouldn't have worked because the shop where I took it has over a year waiting list for custom. And I have some quilts, some tops and, you know, preparation. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? And I started thinking about getting a long arm. And with that, at the same time, I was thinking about doing it as a business and it sort of came to fruition at the same time like wanting it for myself and wanting to do the business and wanting to retire from my day job and i got the machine in 2021 like i said but that was just sort of a start and um, in april of this year i retired so now i'm just quilting
1: (laughs) congratulations thanks and and why did you uh decide to go with the Gamel?
2: I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I went to some, um, shows shows, not the right word. Um, try it out days at cult shops and different shops have different brands that they sell things. And I went to some different places and looked at different machines and, um, I just wasn't pleased. Like, um, so I had, I learned to hand quilt on the ones that take up the whole room and then you can roll it in on all sides and it gets smaller and smaller. And then in more recent years, my mom got me a, um, a frame where it has the two rollers and it looks in a lot of ways, like our long arm frames, um, at least conceptually, you know, but Mm -hmm. it was wood and it had these modular rails that you could put. You know, you could do a baby quilt or add pieces. And I did a king size quilt on that thing. And it really pulls in in the middle, especially because of those joints. Mm-hmm. And I ended up having to make my own custom brace to hold those bars apart. And so when I was looking at long arms, I had that in my mind. And I'd look at it and go, are those bars going to pull in? Is that sturdy enough? And some of the ones I looked at, I, I just thought, oh, my gosh, it looks like a toy. And... And I went and looked at a gamble and I was like, oh, yeah, that's the one. That's what I want. And you can see it in the background. I would talk to my friends at work when I was still working, and I was just going on and on about it. And I would say, this thing, the wheels on the end look like what you use to close the bulkheads on the submarine. It's not going to fall apart, right?
1: Pretty Mm -hmm. sturdy and solid. Yes. Mm -hmm.
2: So I took one look at a gamble and I was like, oh, there's what I want. Mm-hmm. And I went to see um, Lindsay Kleinschmidt, who is nearby in Waterloo, Illinois, and she has one that she'll show to people. And um, I was looking for hand guided at that time. And I really got inspired by Judy Madsen, who does all hand guided and ruler work and She's amazing. It's really
0: cool to watch those people work, huh?
2: Yeah. And Lindsay had a statler and she she dropped the belts and she let me play with it, hand guided and everything. And then she said, well, let me show you what the statler does. Right. And I didn't really say anything at the time, but I went home and I'm like, okay, now like, how is this different? And what am I going to want to do and everything? And so then when I ordered a statler, she, she expressed surprise. And I remember what I said to her was, what wouldn't I pay to be good fast?
0: Right. Because your first quilt was beautiful.
2: Yeah. So my husband teases me that I don't do anything. Right. I set it up and then I'm standing there. He comes in. What are you doing? Watching it again? Yeah. Yeah, I watch I watch a lot. Um, so the setup is real complicated. So other times he'll come in and I'll be busy on the computer and everything. And he'll say, Oh my gosh, you do more CAD than I do. And he's a civil engineer. Right. He does CAD drawings for a living. Right? So it's, it's a nice mix of technical. And artsy. And I just love it. I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. And I, I I was good fast. It wasn't me, right? It was the Statler. And I did all the studying, all the videos. I watched all the Gamble videos while I was waiting for my delivery. Mm -hmm. I watched the skill builder videos. I made the first jump starter skill builders before my machine arrived. I had six of them queued up waiting to sew. And I made the first skill builder um, table runner the day I got my machine I put it on and I finished that first
0: night I'll often tell people who are contemplating placing their order and they probably you know they're thinking well I'm talking to a salesman and he'll tell me anything I'm sure they're they're assuming that but I'll tell them I'll say look you've got weeks to study your videos before the machine arrives and not just myself, but the other delivery guys will often report that as soon as they've got it set up and they've checked the stitching that she just goes to town and starts with her first quilt. So, I mean, yeah, I, it, if I can
1: get your feedback, uh, Lisa Kay, if, if you're talking to uh, some of the people out there who are thinking about a uh, business, uh, how important and how much benefit do you think it is to, uh, do some of that pre-education before you start
2: oh i would do as much as you can the skill builders are awesome i watched every video on the gamble site i went through the whole i mean I just watched them run one after another um so do all the education you can um
1: mm-hmm.
2: at my delivery i was doing an edge to edge you know he walked me through some of the things and um I hit the go ahead button for a, um, a pattern where it had a, you know, a jump stitch and I got discombobulated and, and I, and he wanted to help me. And I was like, Oh, no, wait, I got it. Right. And I went in and I did a divide so that, and I clicked one sewn and the other unsown and he was just astounded that, that I could do that the day it arrived, mm-hmm.
1: but and you did your watched, homework.
2: I watched the video, right? Mm-hmm. I, I,
1: yeah. I'm glad to hear you say that because, and, and I wanted the people to hear you say that because it is true. I believe the, uh, uh education preparation that you can do
0: prior to, uh, starting out is can be so beneficial. Mm-hmm. So, um, how did you know that there was enough long arm business in your town to support another quilter.
2: I don't know if there is. <laughs> um, so I feel like the market is a little saturated, and um, you know, in one of your previous videos, there was a mention of um the quilting cartel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a little bit of a um um on the good side a um a loyalty right for people to their long armors and they don't want to go to someone else and be disloyal and so how do you get how do you get somebody um so one of the things is because I do a lot of custom um I can get people that way I had I was in a quilt shop and one of the ladies from my guild who does quilting was in there and one of her customers came. So it was just one of those kismet things. I was there and, um, her customer wanted custom and she, she was like, you know, I don't do that, but she does go to, go to her. So I got another customer just by being, you know, the willing, from the willing elk. to she do that. Me. Right. And if she hadn't wanted custom, like she would have gone to her regular huh.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I think that maybe after COVID people had quilted all year long and done all their UFOs and things. And they were kind of like, Oh, let me go out of the house again now. Mm. And maybe it's a little slow. Well,
0: I I can, I can assure you that they've not done all their UFOs. Uh, (laughs) I, I believe that if people were to be honest to even to have one out of every four quilt tops actually quilted is a pretty high number. I would say that that it's not uncommon for a woman to do, well, I guess they're mostly women, uh, to do, you know, say five quilts tops in a year and only quilt one of them or maybe two. You know, there's the kind of like falling out of love that happens where you start to hate it before you're even done with it, but you finish it anyway. So there are there there's a lot of tops out there.
2: So I went and looked at my um, machine quilters business manager software. Mm-hmm. You know, prepping for this talk, and so one of your questions is, and you know, I would answer for folks out there: get your machine quilters business manager. It was huge for me. I started it from the beginning. And I can look up all my customers, all my invoices, how many did I have, all that stuff. So I have 22 customers. That's not a huge number. Mm -hmm. Um, The year I got my machine, like I got it in June, like I said, and um, I had my first customer in December. So I sold one quilt. Um, And then in 2022, Um, I wrote this stuff down. Um, I had 30 quilts Mm -hmm. for a total revenue of 4,700 approximately. Mm -hmm. And this year I've had 19 quilts so far for Mm 4,600 in invoices. And so I'm doing a little bit more custom. So
0: your per quilt price is... Average has gone up.
2: Right. Yeah. So I did the math. It was 156 in 2022 and it's been 242 so far this year.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So there's that. Um, I'm not that busy. I have the one quilt that's on, that's a customer quilt, and I have no other in backlog. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm doing everything I can to like get myself out there. I have a website, I have a card, I go to quilt stores, I have relationships with three local quilt stores. Um I make display quilts for one of the stores. I made six in the last couple of months for um, the one store that has a trunk show coming up. I'm hoping the trunk show, the people will say, oh, who quilted that? Mm -hmm. You know, that I get some business that way. Um, I went to a show in June and a lot of people said some really nice things. And um, I had five quilts in the show. And one of them, I just, love that quilt so much I I it's people said really nice things and um the featured quilter who was there came to me and talked to me about the quilt we had a good conversation she said you need to submit this to a national show and I just um I just applied to the AQS I applied to all the shows for next year because I didn't know if I had a better chance of one or the other so I put it in I'm hoping you know that I'll Better get uh-huh. like, I need to get my name out there. Uh-huh. That's the, I haven't really figured that out yet.
0: Because whatever, yeah. what everybody always tells us is that it's the word of mouth. It's, right. it's the lady showing off the quilt to her friend and she says, Oh, who quilted it for you? You know,
2: and that's how I get my customers. Yeah. yeah. I get customers saying, Oh, yeah. You know, Nat told me or whatever. And it, that's all good. It's just, it's still it's a slow roll.
0: Yep. Yep. Very similar to the story that Jeff told about the quilting cartel and how hard, how, and in Oklahoma city where he's at, it may be a similar type of deal where um, it's a higher population area. It seems as though the lower population areas, I don't, I could be wrong. We'll see as we talk to other guests, but it seems like it's a lot easier in the lower population areas than in the cities. It's, it can be, can be harder there. Um, do you do you have uh supplies like batting, wide back fabrics or things like that? I'm guessing the answer is no.
2: I have rolls of batting. Mm-hmm. Um I think that was um optimism, right? On my part. Um, but well, you don't want to have nice. to press
0: the creases out of it, you know. I Bad like enough it. to have one. I,
2: I use it for myself and some ladies like it. Some of the quilt shops that do send me customers, they want me to have the customers get the batting there. As Mm -hmm. part of the. you know, this is how we make some money for sending people to you. You have them get the batting from us, which is fine. Um, It's it's a little bit easier for me in a way to do the package batting because um, I don't have to, fight with my role and order it more often or i'm fine with it either way Mm -hmm. i don't i haven't done backs i i have a bunch of um solids that i was willing to you know have on my website that i can do backing and nobody wants that
0: Mm -hmm. who's been your biggest cheerleader or support system
2: well my husband is super supportive which is nice, especially since my income went from, it's been a, nice a slow start salary to, you know, nothing. <laughs> um, it's, it's retirement for me. I don't need the money. And so I'm not stressed. And I, it gives me more time to work on my own things. I, I have tried advertising that didn't work too well. The quilt guilds and the, and the quilt shops have been the best thing. Mm-hmm. Um So as far as cheerleaders and support network. um, It's him. Well, yeah. The Statler siblings in St. Louis are wonderful. Um, Mm -hmm. You talked to Dottie in episode three. Mm -hmm. Dottie is in the St. Louis Statler siblings. And that whole group is just, we meet quarterly and someone will give a talk. I actually gave the talk at the last meeting about two of the quilts that I made and the design process and, um, things I learned and things I was afraid of and overcame and whatever. And, um, that was really well received. Um, one of the gals said, hey, you should teach. Um, so I, I like that. I like presenting, um, in my job before I retired, I did a lot of presentations. So, um, I, I wouldn't mind teaching at some point. Um, you know, I've only been in it two years, so maybe I'm not, experienced enough to teach, but I, I enjoyed presenting to the Staller group, um, the Sibs group.
1: So you've, uh, so you're still relatively new starting out with this. And, uh, I think a lot of people, especially in the beginning phases, you know, they, they meet a lot of the struggles that you're seeing. Um, as far as, uh, getting, uh, customers and getting business where has most of that has it come from the the guilds or contacts within the guilds or
2: it's been a combination of the quilt shops and word of mouth and so some of the um the one quilt shop sent me a lot of people um in the beginning and um then some of those people had word of mouth their friends saw something that i did and they came Um, that slowed down. I'm I'm not sure why, but um it is what it is. And um I I think that it's just I'm not quite at that point where it's starting to snowball a lot. It's just a trickle. Mm-hmm. Once you get that, I haven't really reached some exponential growth yet.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh yeah. I think you're right with your snowball analogy because, you know, so long as you don't lose customers due to, you know, poor service or poor quilting, right, then it's just a matter of uh, waiting for the uh, the other people in the quilting cartel to... I like to think of it this way. there's There's been restaurants that I would habitually go to over and over and over and over again. And then I'll have one or two or three visits that are, you know, not bad enough to talk to a manager about, but just not very impressive. And I might stop going to that restaurant for a year or two, not because I hate them. If it was really bad, I would have gone to talk to a manager. Right. But it was just, eh, I don't feel like Chinese, you know? And so I like to think that in a similar way that when people are Using the services of a long arm quilter, um, there can be times when they get a mach- get a quilt back and they're not they're not unhappy enough to complain. But it was you know the time that it took or the money or the way that the quilt was presented back to them or whatever, and you know they're not being disloyal. They just they think they see the new quilter lady and they're like, "Ha, huh, I'm gonna try Julie." You know, other people have tried Julie and they look nice. So they're not being disloyal to their regular gal. They're just not feeling it. You know, (laughs) it's, it's weird. Humans are weird.
2: And there's some nice shops nearby. I mean, the, the place that I used to go, um, that's out of a, a business and she does a retreat center and she's got a whole warehouse size thing where she has like five long arms in there. And, um, it's definitely going to a business when you go there. Whereas I'm in my house okay. and you can't see it really, but this is my master bedroom. Mm-hmm. You know, if I bring people back to see my long arm, they see my bed too. It's, you know, it's kind of awkward. And I, I meet people at the quilt shops and, and that seems to work better. Mm-hmm. Um And I'm willing to go, you know, over to St. Louis to the shop and, and so forth. But if, if they don't send someone to me or call me or do, then that doesn't happen.
0: Mm -hmm. I got a couple of questions. I forgot to check the questions for a while, but uh, Diana was asking, how are you defining custom? Is it basically just anything that goes beyond edge to edge?
2: Yeah, so I have a website, which I consider very important to have. Um, I send people there if they're asking me um, about my edge-to-edge catalog, because you can download it. It's useful. Mm -hmm. And um, I define my four levels of custom, and I price them all by the square inch. Um, I have two levels of edge-to-edge, regular and dense, and I have a regular edge-to-edge catalog and a dense catalog. And then on custom, um, the four levels are um, add a border. So it's like edge to edge in the middle, which sometimes is harder and sometimes easier depending on the design, right? Is it square, does it fit well, do you have to trim it, all that. Um, the second one is um, blocks and squares. Basically, if you got a baby quilt and you want a duck in this square and a bear in the square whatever, that's level two. Um, three is lined motifs and triangles 45 degrees angles Um, the strip quilt you see behind me is going to have point to point triangles and those diagonal pieces and that's level three and then level four is what I call full out custom and that's fills and backgrounds Mm -hmm. stitch in the ditch weird shapes diamonds all kinds of you know, mm-hmm. harder than that stuff's actually really trials.
1: fun to do, right? What is your and I have done? What is your website?
2: My website is lisa k mm-hmm.
0: I checked it out before we started. I thought it looked very nice.
2: Thank you. Yeah, it's it's GoDaddy.
0: Yeah. Uh, Becky asked if your quilt store, uh that you pick up from if they uh, display who quilted it. I think she might be asking about shop samples, actually, because it's pretty common to get referrals. You end up quilting their shop samples.
2: It's not in your face. So I have labels on the quilt. If you look at the back, um, it doesn't have a little sign on it saying quilted by Lisa Wilson. Mm -hmm. That's unfortunate. Hmm. Um, but if you can, if a customer says, Hey, who called that? Or if they look at the label it's on there and then the trunk show, which is going to happen the first Saturday in October, um, I have six quilts in there and, um, the manager of the store said there will be people asking about the quilting. So I'm hoping it awesome. will
0: <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Um, Somebody asked, I don't have the name of the person with this question, but is your referral business based on computerized quilting or the custom work you're doing? I'm guessing it's mostly cus- custom. Huh? So,
2: so those two terms are not mutually exclusive cus- custom and computerized. All my quilting is computerized. Mm-hmm. Um, my edge to edge is computerized and my custom is computerized. Um, I've had referrals um, for edge to edge, and I've had referrals from custom. I did a custom level four for somebody, and um, that person ended up referring another customer who just wanted edge to edge. But after seeing the custom, they're like, ooh, there's a quilter I wanna go to. So mm-hmm. it's a mix.
0: Mm-hmm uh let's see we hopscotched around the questions uh what advice would you give to somebody who wants to do uh what you've done do you believe in 2023 it's still possible for anyone to do this
2: it is I mean I've talked about how hard it is to really break in and get a lot of customers um my website offers mail-in um it talks about that I I haven't had any mail-in customers. I do have an Etsy shop where I sell a few ready-made things. And um, I haven't had a lot of response from that. I did have one lady order five dream big banners that she gave as Christmas gifts last year. So I was like, "Woohoo!" hoo so I made five of those Once that is in a couple of weeks um, through my Etsy shop. But I haven't had mail-in tops, it's all in person. And one of my customers, um, Actually, she was talking to one of her friends who's one of my Facebook friends. And she said, I need to find a local quilter because I've been mailing my stuff off and I don't like that. She didn't like putting her tops in the mail. And um, my friend on Facebook said, Oh, we know somebody and sent her to me. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Yay. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It, it's interesting. Calvin and Brooklyn have such a mail in business because I find. People don't like that. Um, mm. That's um, my experience.
0: Yeah, there, there's, um, there's different pockets, you know, and it's, it's hard to figure out exactly. Uh, every market is different, and everybody that we talk to, that we've interviewed, you know, their stories are are quite different. Um, so it, it is really interesting. We had a couple weeks ago. Of the two that were interviewed, one did nothing but custom and the other did no custom at all. So just very, very different. Um, how did you come up with the funds to purchase your machine? Was that a, a loan um, or
2: um so I'm a little different. Um, like Calvin in Brooklyn, I just bought it. Um
0: mm-hmm.
2: I'm I'm a career engineer. I'm 55, and I've been an engineer since I graduated from college, and my husband's an engineer, and we're very frugal. We live in our first house. We have one kid. We have a um, very modest lifestyle and a pretty good savings, and I just bought it.
0: Mm -hmm. So you're not feeling any pressure to make a payment or anything like that, which makes it a lot easier.
2: Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You can yeah.
2: very blessed. Yeah. Thank you.
0: <laughs> and well, and I noticed by looking at your website that your your pricing was not the uh desperate pricing of somebody who's got to get a quilt through the door. Right. <laughs> you've you've got
2: I value my time. I um to toot my own horn, but I do excellent work i suspect
0: it's practically perfect
2: it's i mean i i just entered an application for an aqs show and i'm hopeful that it will get i mean i'm i'm trying to do top-end work Mm -hmm. and if if people are looking for the cheapest place to go that's not who i want Mm -hmm. anyway maybe that's why i don't have customers
0: (laughs) well uh there that's, that's the beauty of being able to be your own boss and to run your own business. You can choose who you want your customers to be too. You can fire a customer if you don't like her. Yeah. I,
2: I had a call yesterday from a, um, furniture store who does custom furniture. And, um, she was working with a designer and the designer wanted that upholstery, custom quilted and I was interested and I talked to her for a while and um, I gave her a quote on my highest end custom which is eight and a half cents a square inch and um, the amount of quilting she wanted yardage would have been almost three thousand dollars and I said show me the fabric right I this may not even be enough (laughs) And um, it was ferns, ferns. I mean, the fronds were just, it was extremely complex. And I, I said, oh my gosh, you want every leaf quilted? I said, I don't want this job. I don't, I couldn't do that. 14 yards of 54 inch fabric and you want it quilted around every fern leaf? I said, I don't want to be a slave to that job.
1: And you have the freedom to say,
0: nope. No. Yep. (laughs) Well, uh, let me just check. I think we got through the different questions that people were asking. Um, I've got, well, okay. We finished up our time. (laughs) I, I always have a couple extra questions rattling around in the back of my head, but I'll go ahead and wrap it up. Um, it was, um, it was a pleasure to, uh, have all of you on tonight's episode. I really do, uh, believe that by sharing the stories and listening to the stories, it can help other people to kind of think about how they want their life to go, how they want to build their business. And, um, they can learn from your triumphs and from your challenges so
2: thanks for having me it's been fun i appreciate it
1: mm-hmm.
0: thank you guys very much for coming it's been a pleasure to meet all of you it really has
2: yeah mm-hmm. thank you
0: all right i'm gonna go ahead and click the button have a nice evening thanks you too Thank you for joining us today on Quilting Business Success. We hope you've been inspired by these stories of quilters just like you who have turned their dreams into reality. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. One of the best things you can do to support us is to write a glowing review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you're using to listen to the show. Those reviews help bring us up in the algorithm so that more quilters are exposed to our show. What would you like to change in your life, and what steps can you take today to bring you closer to the life that you want?